0: Yo! Thanks for listening. Appreciate you being here on the podcast. Look at that, my voice—it's back! It's back! Yeah, I don't know. I had a cold and I lost my voice. Uh, I had this this just lingering freaking cold slash cough where like I was, um, I was kind of, I was fine. But I wasn't able to get that really good night's sleep. Like, I don't know if you're like me, but if you get a little cold, a lot of times, all I need is that amazing night's sleep to just kind of, like, knock the cold out. But when there's a cough involved, the cough was waking me up all night. So I never could get into that just great, you know, string together a bunch of hours of good sleep. And so anyway, all that coughing... I lost my voice. No podcast last week. I'm sorry. I have been unreliable recently. I lo- I missed the podcast because uh, of the voice. I missed it when I was on the cruise. And then, of course, holidays a couple of months ago. Oh, my God. I expect better from myself. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, last week, we, we talked about, or we're going to talk about, I should say, I ended up putting this on social media, uh, this concept in Japanese fine dining no first time customers. How about that? Right. And so I got a bunch of comments on my Facebook and stuff about this. And so the idea is, and we've talked about this on this before on this podcast about American dining experiences versus the rest of the world. And in America, we are very customer is always right. Customer can have anything they want. Um, You know, and in other countries, it's a little bit more of a the, – the power dynamic is shifted a little bit more in the way of the restaurant than it is the way of the consumer. That's, I guess, the best way to put it. The power dynamic belongs in the hands of the customer in the United States, whereas in uh, other countries, many other countries, it, it really rests in the hands of the establishment. Well, uh, in Japan, they have this concept called no first-time customers. A restaurant, when it opens, will build its base – Originally starting with a friends and family invite-only round, essentially, which, honestly, that happens here, too. We call it a soft opening. Restaurants will open to just their friends and family. But they do it in Japan, and then from that point on, you're on the list, and you can invite anyone to come to the restaurant with you that you want. And so if it's no first-time customers only, you might wonder, well, how do I go to the restaurant if I'm not allowed to go for the first time? You're allowed to go in two situations. Either you've been invited by somebody who works there, or you've been invited by somebody who's already on the list. And you're on the list if you've dined there and been what they consider to be a, quote, good guest. Well... My Facebook had a lot of support for this idea. I do not feel the American public would have a lot of support for this idea. I honestly think this would be a bit of a shit show if it was ever tried to be rolled out here because we are just too damn entitled. But I had many local restaurant owners commenting to me both publicly on my social media and also privately via text message saying that we are in the worst we've ever seen in terms of uh, angry customers you know impossible to please people i don't know how we created it but we created a culture in this country where if i can't have exactly what i want exactly what i want it i get to throw a temper tantrum it's unreal It really is unreal. Anyway, that's what last week's podcast was going to be about. So we touch on that shortly, quickly, and that's all. I am so delighted to be back to having guests on this show. Today's guest is a wonderful woman who I've had the pleasure of knowing for a few years. She is a fellow entrepreneur. She cheers on and roots on other entrepreneurs, and I really appreciate that as well, because one thing, and you'll hear us get into this, but one thing about being a business owner is nobody is ever going to feel sorry for you. You have a hard job, you don't get any sympathy or empathy. Again, back to the public. The public just assumes business owners are rich and well-off and have everything they could possibly want out of life because, well, they're the boss, right? Little do they know, uh, heavy the head that wears the crown. Isn't that the same? Is it something like that? Is it heavy the head, the, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. In Hamilton, there's actually a couple of references to... You know when George Washington tells Alexander Hamilton something about how, you know... You won a war. That part was easy. Now you have to lead. That's the hard part. Same thing with the the funny parts with King George when he comes out and does his parts in Hamilton. And he says stuff about, you know, like, do you have any idea how hard it is to lead? It is very hard to lead. We're lucky to be in these positions. Those of us who have this opportunity, very lucky to be in these positions. I count my blessings every day. But nonetheless, it is a difficult job and it's one that you can't really cry tears over because you're just not going to find any sympathy. One of the best entrepreneurs I know, she built her business from the ground up. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jesse Chikeli. Oh my gosh. I can't even believe you're out here right now. This is great. You came you know to. I know I'm from here. You're from Bergen?
1: Well, technically I'm from Byron, but I went to Byron Bergen, which is essentially y- the same thing.
0: You guys are buddies, right? Byron and Bergen. It's yes. like, that's the same school district. Yes. There's a lot of land out here. Yes. Yeah. I did not know you were from out here.
1: Yeah. I grew up by the Byron Burgeon Swamp.
0: Oh, wow. Mile and a
1: quarter long cabbage field in front of the house, Uh the swamp to the left.
0: Swamp, the the Byron Burgeon Swamp. That's quite the landmark (laughs) around here. It's that and uh, Ralph and Rosie's. Those are the two things we have. Yes, I did go
1: to Ralph and Rosie's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I let you know, we could use, I do like the Ralph and Rosie. We could use more out here in Burgeon, though. I'm not going to lie. We've got that little bowling alley thing. Uh, we the Rose have Garden? Uh, yes, oh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, but I will say one thing about there though that that does still have old school uh, bar prices though.
1: It does, and karaoke. <laughs> and
0: karaoke. <laughs> 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 we went for like a we we passed some food safety audit and we were just looking for just the closest bar. So I took like my team over there and bought everyone drinks and the bill came to like seventeen dollars. I felt like I was in nineteen eighty three. It yeah, was great. That's outstanding. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we have Gregory's Bakery out here too. It's The home yes. of Gregory. Gregory's Bakery, yeah. oh, yes. Yeah. Was there any yeah. rivalry between Byron and bergen No. No, we're friends.
1: No, uh, maybe a long time ago. My parents actually graduated from Byron bergen too. Wow. But at one, at, at one point they were separate schools and then they... Became one school, central school. So what? They, what's
0: your uh, what's your maiden name? When you were running around here? You were Jesse what? Myers. Jesse Myers. Okay.
1: And I so was Jessica then. Jessica I, I Myers. went by Jessica. All
0: right. Okay. <laughs> so Jessica Myers, growing up in Byron Burgeon. Mm-hmm. What are you going to be when you grow up?
1: Um, at the time, I was going to be a, a theater star.
0: Oh, I like. Are you a big, <laughs> a big theater fan?
1: I was big into music, theater. Mm-hmm. Um, went to school at first at Ithaca College. Um, was focused on being a stage management uh, person, so kind of making the whole thing come together Yeah, behind the scenes.
0: Did you get into it a little? Did you do some productions? Um,
1: I was involved in stuff in college, doing that, but then um, then you start to kind of look at your life different as you get a little older and realize that the theater life is a very difficult life. You've got to be on the road. Tough job. All the time, like, you know, you don't just... Turn into Jennifer Aniston or... (laughs) No, in in fact, you know, you're
0: reminding me of something I saw recently that I thought was so interesting and it was Matt Damon on a red carpet and somebody was trying to give him one of those gotcha questions and and said something to him like, Matt, don't you think it's disgusting that actors make more than teachers? And he looked at the person and he went, on average, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. a struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, most of the people that are in performing arts are not the superstars. No, no, they're, exactly. They're, yeah. But they're the people who make everything come together. But yeah, they're not making a ton of money. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of tough work and a lot of moving around and your job to job. You know, kind of like, you know, the restaurant business. If you want to move up, you got to go to a new place. It's not like you're, yeah. you have a lot of job security. So... I kind of knew as I looked at things more. I didn't want to. I didn't want to start my family when I was too old. So I kind of started to shift my thinking. And I was working at a great restaurant um, down in North Carolina because I had transferred down there to school. And I just was kind of um, inspired by him. He owned his own business, and he was one of these guys that he made a sandwich and he would cut the sandwich and he would be like, "Look at that." Isn't that a beautiful sandwich? <laughs> and I, I just kind of like took off on that passion, and I, I had worked for Wegman's since I was sixteen. You know, working at the local grocery store. Was that so, your first job? That was my first job. What, what yep. was
0: the first day of work? What were you doing? At bulk Foods. Bulk Foods? Yep. Just restocking the barrels yeah. and stuff?
1: Restocking, and we used to have to key in all the codes for people. Cool. So you weren't allowed to do that yourself. Back oh, you really? To, yes. You had to have somebody <laughs> put the label on the bag for you.
0: <laughs> now, before we, we move too far on, I am curious. Are you still a theater fan to this day?
1: I am, but I I... You know, life takes over. So, I, yeah. Do you I go to, to the. Fan, but I don't go that much. You don't go to the Broadway shows that much? <laughs> no. Just not if something
0: often. something you want to see, maybe? Yeah. 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 We are season ticket holders. I'm a huge fan. Ah, yes. That's great. Beetlejuice was here though, last week. Yes. 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 Uh, that's awesome. Uh, I have to miss Hadestown, though. I'm going to Florida. So, I, and I haven't wow. seen Hades Town, but I'm excited for Tequila Mockingbird. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be really good. So, you're in North Carolina, and this guy, he owns this restaurant. Yep. And is this the first time that you feel the entrepreneurship bug? Yes, I would say
1: so, you know, because the whole family was involved. And um, he he owned a couple of different locations. He had his his main restaurant. Then he had like kind of a nightclub that sort of paid the bills behind the scenes at first. Yeah. Um, but just his passion for what he was doing really just stood out to me. You know, like I said, who cuts open a sandwich and is like, look at that sandwich, just beautiful. I'll tell you who uh, does every day. I'll tell you who <laughs> you does. Do. No, no. no. <laughs> you, you know who
0: does this? I don't know if I can say this around this way. Italians. Yeah. We are so proud of ourselves in the kitchen.
1: <laughs> well, he was Greek.
0: Oh, he was great. Okay. Was great. Great. You know what? Greek yes. too, though. The yeah. Greek too. We're, we're the same. We we are the same. Ita- the Italians are the only ones who like everything we do. It Like literally we could make sauce, which is quite frankly maybe the easiest thing in the world. You just put a bunch of stuff in a pot and we're like, oh, look at this sauce. It's the best thing
1: ever. They do make it like it's a big mystery. <laughs> we make it like it's the hardest thing in the world.
0: You put a bunch of stuff in a pot and wait four hours and you're done. It's pretty good. Anyway. Um, Yes, So, but that's cool. That's very cool he was that passionate. So uh, you get the bug, but obviously it's not time yet. Mm -hmm. At some point, you move back to Rochester, or I guess what comes after North Carolina?
1: So what happened is I decided I wanted to shift back to, um, shift my major and go to school for... like food service management, restaurant management. And so I moved back up here because it didn't make sense for me to be down there at that point. Mm-hmm. So moved back in with mom and dad for a little bit. And um, I, I ended up back with Wegmans because I had a history with them and uh, worked my way up through there. So I, I was in the cafes and doing things like that there. So One thing to say about them that's
0: awesome there. is so many people that you meet, at Wegmans started it like in the store, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, yeah. you know, the, I've had the pleasure to work with corporate a little bit and all of them, they started in, in the same thing you described. They were they were cashiers or they were cart boys or something, right? Like yes. they yes. do such a I good job so. of, of, you probably could have stayed with them forever, frankly. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Which I guess brings us to eventually you have to take the leap, yes. right? So before budget blinds, Were there other ideas? I mean, like, how long did it stew in your head that you're going? I'm gonna leave Wegmans, and I'm gonna.
1: That's a great question. Well, I mean, I think, you know, from some respect, my dad always said I've been a manager since I was three. (laughs) That's funny. I I think, and and the thing is, at Wegmans, there was we were sometimes uh, actually rated in reviews on entrepreneurial. Oh. As a competency, cool you know it was kind of a thing that you you was good and so I've always you know treated everything I did that way. but then I think as you get older, there's just this point where you're like, okay, now what like mm-hmm. am I gonna still do this? You know, my whole family had worked for Wegman's um do I want to try something different and I often I was also kind of on the side a hobby decorator. I was the person people would call when they had. Decorative emergencies like they think they painted the wrong color on their entire great room wall or you, you know, just had they a got a new chair and they couldn't figure out where to put it. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, needed help picking things out. And so I I always enjoyed that part. Um
0: you just kind of a god given born talent for like you have the eye for home decor.
1: I do for me it just comes together yeah. so easily. It's yeah. just it's something I can visualize very easily. I have a very creative mind and mathematical mind. So it sort of combines together for me with design to be able to do that sort of thing. So um i started to just kind of look at you know well what what are opportunities that are out there and in within that realm you know and all of a sudden I remembered a conversation I had with one of the budget blinds franchise owners on the the south side of the city and how he got started and the next thing I knew I was talking to a franchise licensor and um realizing that I was actually considering buying a business
0: (laughs) how does that work when you're franchising something I mean it's you know I don't I don't know anything about franchising.
1: So, you know, franchising, I would say, probably can be a really great experience. Uh I'm sure it can also be a really um, bad experience, depending on who the franchisor is. And that's the number one thing. You've got to have a company that has a good system. And that's really what franchising is about. So it's sort of like being an entrepreneur with a safety net. So you don't necessarily have to figure out, when you start a business as a completely clean on your own, you've gotta, who are my suppliers gonna be? How do I determine if their product is good or not? Yeah. How do I get the training that I need to you know, properly manage my business, to mm-hmm. sell product, to install product, to whatever it is, depending on what you're doing, to make food, you know, things like Do you have that, answers for any of those is. things? Because I'm still looking for all those things. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't
0: figured any of that out yet. We'll figure it out before okay. you franchise. All right. All right. Uh, so so, so you said they've needed. checked some of those boxes already, yeah. which is the positive. And that's right? the thing
1: with a, franchi- a franchisor. It's really, a good franchisor is really not like, for example, the budget blinds team does not sell blinds. They won't tell you they sell blinds. They tell you they make successful franchisees. That's what their job needs to be. Um, so it's all about providing the tools and the, the training, the, the system, to help let people be successful within yeah. that. But at the same point, you still have, I decide on day, you know, we have a huge network of vendors, but I decide who I want to work with based on how I feel they fit the needs of my you know my area, my people, my customers. Oh, so like so
0: there's there's kind of like a list of approved, but then within mm-hmm. that list, you you have the freedom to choose. Yeah, I see. Yeah, That's yeah. fantastic. And the That's, beauty of that great.
1: is is that you know you're guaranteed the backing of you know really great products and things like that. So those mm-hmm. are the, so just kind of one example of the things that a franchise network can provide
0: for. Yeah. You. Now, what? And I don't know that this would translate to to budget blinds, but one negative that I do know about is with I've got some friends that own like fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. And nobody realizes that they're locally owned. Yeah. That was one negative I remember because there was, in the last 10, 15 years, there's been this big movement, you know, buy local, go local, eat at local restaurants, support local, you know. Local owners, and a lot of people don't realize that Dunkin' Donuts Dunkin is Donuts owned is <laughs> by the local, you know, yeah. by Lewis, the guy yes. down the street, right? Like, yes. people don't realize he used to that live down the street from me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But same thing with any McDonald's, Taco Bell, all those places, they're owned by somebody who lives in Rochester, and so that's the one but like bum deal I feel like they sometimes mm-hmm. get is people don't think of them as locally owned, I don't think you probably have, you probably don't have to deal with we that. We do though.
1: a little bit. I mean, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of customers, you know, that they they do catch on it, I and we try to push that. Um, and that's kind of the biggest challenge for me this year is really trying to build my personal brand so yeah. that you know we can really make sure customers know that going in but there's plenty of homes i walk into and they're like oh so how long have you worked for the company and i'm like i
0: own it yeah yeah and like, oh isn't that the ba- that is oh, that is the, the boss the ba- in here yeah <laughs> so um
1: you know cuz I, I think especially being a woman i I think maybe the question comes up a little bit more than it probably would for a man. But, like, sometimes people be like, so, is this, like, a kind of a part-time thing for you? I'm like, no, I work 60 hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> At least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but they don't. Yeah. You know, they they don't understand the kind of overall. I get it. I right. get it. You
0: know. Okay, so, uh, it's time to, you have deci- you do a little homework and you're like, I think I'm going to do a budget blinds. For you know, you've got this talent for home decor. You know how to make things look good. You, you like this franchise. So, and now you got to actually take the leap. Tell me about the moment where you say, I am going to quit my job. Because that is the scariest. Th- isn't that not the scariest not totally, thing? Totally. So tell me about the moment where you decide. Um, like, well, w- when do you say it for the first time? I think I'm going to quit my job.
1: In all honesty, the hardest thing was even telling my husband. Because at first when I saw it, I was like, well, let me just see what this is. I didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah. And then after about a week and a half in, I'm like, "All right, I got to tell them about this idea." And oh, you were just like, kind of like pursuing oh, it a little. I'm gonna walk away from my 26-year career and yeah. we're gonna buy a business, <laughs> and we've got kids going to college. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, so I think w- which is great because um, I'm more the risk taker. I think just how I am. Um, gotta be. And as he an asks all those great questions, you know, to make sure I'm not being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, we kind of went through. And that, I would say that's the other thing, and that would be a good sign of a good franchisor, is that they should be taking you through a journey of making sure it's right for you. Because if it's not right for you, it's not going to be right for them either. Yeah, so
0: were you vetted in mm-hmm. return?
1: Yeah, they mm-hmm. have quite a path they, they put right. you on. And the final part of that path is what they call, you know, decision day. So they they actually had a trip. We went on out to California uh, where the corporate headquarters are. And you go out there for two days and you meet with the leadership team and they take you through a lot of things. And um, at the same time, they're kind of interviewing you as well. Right. Um, it's a two-way street. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind, that was kind of the point where it was like, you know, we had talked to lots of franchisees. They that A good network should give you any franchisees that you can talk to. Um, They had calls every Wednesday where a franchisee would volunteer to talk to incoming interested parties It'd be about an hour hour and a half call and you could ask them any anything you wanted to ask them It was just them on the call. There was no corporate uh, folks on there or anything Um, So, you know, we really just vetted all those things out and then You're out there and you're on the way back and it's like well, we're gonna do this and (laughs) You know um, I think I, I, think I kind of knew I was going to do it as soon as I started down the path. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think by going through the process with, with my husband, it kind of just helped solidify that, yeah, we can do this. And it, it was, you know, it was scary. I, the hardest part, though, was actually going through that process and not really being able to tell folks about it.
0: Just in case it didn't.
1: Just in case yeah. it didn't, right? You yeah. know, like so. You're you're at work every day, and you you're basically lying to people every day. Yeah. You're not intentionally lying to people, but oh you feel God, that way. Jessie, that I've was got... very 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 stressful for me. It was awful.
0: Jesse, can I tell you that, that I've got such such a great little story about yeah. having to lie at work because of what I was planning when I left? You know, I had the Google Amos House thing was already going, but craft cannery was was being planned behind the scenes very mm-hmm. similar to what you're talking about and it was time to leave radio well COVID had just started and the engineers were going around and putting little studios in everyone's home oh, no. and the engineer was like trying to schedule time with me and i was leaving in like a week and a half and i was like don't worry about me he's like nope i gotta get to everyone by friday oh my and i just called him and i was like mike i don't i don't know how to, how to say this exactly i just need to tell you I, I promise, don't worry about me. Like you're just wasting your time. Don't, yeah, what you do? Don't come out here, like, because then if you left, like, they would have to come back and dismantle everything. And I was like, just don't come out here, please trust me. And then I so I made up this whole story, but my wife is so so worried about. Of course, I throw my wife around <laughs> the, under the bus. She will not let. Anyone in this house right now, I'm so sorry. You just can't come install this. (laughs) (laughs) I called him after I left and I was like, I'm sorry. I just, I was leaving. I don't know what to do. Anyway, yeah, Yeah. that was just blatantly lying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was really tough, you know, because you care about the people you work with every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I mean, there's just only so much you can do about that, you know? It's true. Um, But I, I will say that after I, you know, told them, you know, about my decision, That night was, I slept so well that night. You know, it was that that part of the decision was the the toughest part being in that in between world while you're checking these things out and not sure. And because then it was like, kind of like, well, the band aid's ripped off now. So it's, yeah. Well,
0: you said you were, you were at (laughs) Wegmans for 26 years. So what was your job on the last day? Like, what was your.
1: Um, I was a category manager for health and beauty care at Natural. So that's care. a good gig, like, right? Yeah.
0: Like you had yeah. a really oh, nice yeah. g- And like we said before, yeah. you could have just stayed there forever. Mm-hmm. So risk taker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to be. You yeah. got to be. So now you're into budget. Now it's budget lines of Northwest Rochester, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. And there are, the, the, because there are others, right?
1: Yeah. We're a territory based franchise. So okay. nobody else can do business in my territory from budget lines. Got it. And, got it. and vice versa. Got it. Yeah. Now, so.
0: it, and that works for for and against you, I assume if somebody calls you and happens to live outside of your territory, but they call you, you have to turn them over. That's just the deal.
1: Yeah, friends and family, we just ask for permission. But, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not going to make my Aunt Susie. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) Susie. Well, depending on how Aunt Susie is. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, but, yeah, generally, we have a very good working relationship, our team here. Um, I know there's some cities where they don't, Eh. Um, and that's probably uh oh, I probably could imagine one of the biggest that. challenges yeah I could imagine but you can lose your you can lose your contract cuz you're 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 going against your contract going on someone that, else's so. turf mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i
0: bet they, they they can see it i can see it it happens yeah i yeah, can but, see it. but
1: but no we're we're really good here we have a good working relationship here so okay
0: so you so you leave your job and now it's now it's real it's happening yeah. what's day 1 like of just budget blinds is my full time job now
1: um just waiting for the phone to ring yeah yeah that's like the hardest part does it it. ring
0: or is it just not it It, it actually did okay you know
1: i mean that's the other advantage right of a of a franchise is you have that national brand yeah you know um so the the phone did ring and not not every day not crazy but you know then the phone rings and you make the appointment and now you're like now what yeah. <laughs> so to me it's like so you you you've got a little one at home. Yeah. So you're at the hospital, you've been planning this baby all along, baby's born, you're at the hospital, they give you your walking papers, you get home and you're like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> Yeah, it's the same feeling. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's the same feeling.
0: I can, absolutely, I can really. I have a. I have a, I would like to go back for a second. I have a question. Yeah. What is conditioner, and why, why are there seven bottles of conditioner in my shower but only one bottle of shampoo? What is happening?
1: So conditioner. <laughs> well, I didn't do hair care. Oh, sorry. Never <laughs> but, mind. The mystery remains. The mystery
0: remains. But I have naturally okay. curly
1: hair, so I know about <laughs> okay. conditioner. All right. right. So conditioner. Yeah. It's really just take, so shampoo kind of strips all the natural oils out of your hair and conditioner sort of puts them back in. That's Oh, okay, much. all
0: right, all right.
1: And for some reason, we just don't use as much conditioner as we do shampoo.
0: Can we tell my wife to stop buying the conditioner? So we, we don't really need, need buy-
1: what they should do, yeah. is they should make shampoo, the, the complementing conditioner to the shampoo should be half the size yes! of the shampoo bottle. That's right. Because what happens is, is she's got all these little bottles left and she's... Kind of switching things around and then yeah. end up with all
0: these. Yeah. I'm phones. sorry. I know that was a curveball, no, but it occurred, right. when I heard health and beauty, I, I think it, it is something that has, <laughs> keeps occurring to me in the shower. Every single day, I keep looking around going, what is all this what conditioner all this happening? What hair? is happening? <laughs> um, okay. So the phone starts ringing a little bit, right? Yep. You start to build a little something. Mm-hmm. And do uh, you start to experience what I like to call the entrepreneurial um, uh, roller coaster of emotion? the uh some days you are taking over the world and other days you are like what is happening yes yes yeah. it still happens to this day i would imagine
1: still happens to this day and, and I, it, I i think i yeah. read the phrase uh sometimes you're riding on the lion and sometimes the lion eats you or something like that and that's yeah. kind of it i some days are just bad days yeah you know where just nothing goes right you know, yep. you're out at installations and products damaged or you realize you ordered something wrong and, yeah. you know.
0: What's your, do you have a good, uh, like, day where it was just, where you just felt like, oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've only had one job. You know, fortunately, we're pretty much always able to make our customers happy. Yeah. Or at least satisfied. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and usually more than that. But um, there was this one lady I had, and she she spoke with broken English, and uh, she had to call a friend for our entire consultation, which was probably red flag number one for me because our process is very, you know, a, very much a, a consult type of arrangement. It's not like we just come in and measure and, pick some stuff and throw it out it's you know what do you need this for how how is it going to be used and and all of that there's so many different products you can do today and they all serve different purposes work different ways mount different ways and so it's important to ask a lot of questions so that you get the right product and get what the person's envisioning for their home and we went through all these things and I I thought we had it down and long story short we we get to do to the console or get to the installation and it was just she wasn't happy with anything yeah. she it wasn't what she expected and I I don't know that we were really responsible for that but she was just not happy with anything. There was and just no so making it right. at one point, my dad was actually doing that installation with me. He worked. Part oh, time you with looped me. in dad too. Looped in dad. I like yep. it. And uh, I just I go I finally go out because he, he she was screaming at me. Ugh. And so I looked. I went out to him. I go go put your shoes on. Start to pack everything up. We are leaving. And Just, yeah. she ended up getting somebody on the phone to help her. And I said, listen, I go, we're walking away from this. I'm going to refund her her money. I'm done. Like, that was it, you know. And it, it's it, tough. it was what it was. <laughs> it's t- it, you know
0: what? It's tough. I mean, it's, it, it's a thing that it's really, really hard to talk about. And I don't even necessarily want to go down this road because – when you do own a business one problem that we that you're going to have is public perception because mm-hmm. first of all everyone assumes you're rich if you own a business yeah. Yeah. right people yeah. i don't think that um it's realized by the general public that the average business owner is is not rich i don't know how else to put it it's, we're
1: mostly driving Chevys. It, 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 exactly <laughs> exactly and,
0: and the other thing is nobody is ever going to is going to sympathize or empathize with quote unquote the boss right. you know yeah. what i mean yeah. like yeah. everyone just like there's just a, a natural sort of
1: like they think you got some coffer in the back room that you could just pull extra cash or solutions out of <laughs> unlimited cash and you're the boss so uh, you,
0: anything you want to do you just do and life is great and nothing yeah. ever goes wrong and yeah. uh, it's a misnomer yeah and so every once in a while this is the topic i wanted to bring up i do think and you'll hear this from entrepreneurs you end up firing a client because mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. yeah. not worth the pain
1: so it's funny you say that because um You know i'm in i'm i'm approaching year seven here Mm -hmm. in april it'll be our seventh anniversary for the business and you know every year i kind of go through what are we going to do this year what are we going to do different and some of the franchisees were we're on like a facebook group together which is really great you know share ideas and such and somebody said what are your resolutions for the year and um Mine was essentially that it's knowing when to walk away from a job, you know, you'll go and you you know, you're hungry, you want the sale. But when you see a bunch of obstacles coming your way, you could spend so much time on that job and end up really not making any money. And in the long run, you could help five other people in yeah. that same amount of time and have them all happy. <laughs> now, do, do you
0: have a standardized pricing model that they force you to use, or no. you could you, you can set your own margin however you we want? Because yep. that's that is another mm-hmm. uh, little trick. Is maybe if this is a tough person to work with, they just get a. Uh, what we call the a-hole tax. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if we should talk about that or not. But, you know, it, just well, make it, if it's going to take a lot of time, how about this? I'll put it way more, I'll put it way more professionally. If it's going to take up all this time, it needs to be worth that, time. and that's kind of. I yeah. think
1: when you start a business, right? You're hungry, you're yeah. starving. Yeah, say yes to everything. So you say yes to everything, yep. and then as you get seasoned, you know, you know enough to be dangerous, and so you kind of try some of these things, and then you realize, mm, you know, and so it's a it's a balance. Yeah. Like I, I remember one of my one of my old bosses after we had made a a, sort of a big mistake on something and he said well if if you don't if you don't have a dog now and then you're not you're not stretching hard enough like you're not reaching and and you know trying to do something different which is important but by the same token and that's where some of the biggest wins can come out of but by the same token it's also kind of recognizing if and when you have the resources for that and if you don't then it's okay to let certain businesses
0: go yeah yeah totally you know? i mean have you ever had that situation happen where you go back after something either you made a mistake so you had to redo it or it just took too long or something a million different things could have happened and you go back and you kind of do the math on the project and you go holy shit we paid them yeah. <laughs> you know like yeah i've had that a couple times myself yeah we actually paid them yeah. to work for them <laughs> that was yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just because yeah. you know
1: so i kind of like revamped our our that resolution after um, we just had convention and, and we, were, we were in a lot of great sessions with folks, and I kind of revamped it to just making sure we're spending as much of our time as possible working with the customers that we really want to be worked with and yeah. uh, working with and are the best fit yeah. for what, what we do. and yeah. that's kind of the thing is really just kind of knowing who our customer is and yeah. really going after yeah. that
0: what about the other side of what we're talking about right now so you've got the 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 negative but it is honestly and I'm so guilty of it right now because I just I bring that up before I bring up the positive is how rare that is compared to the other side which is just the home run of a client where it's just the perfect client and they're great what they want is great and it all just goes so well you make them so happy Mm. that's what keeps you going. How great, how great is that (laughs) you? And most of
1: our customers are that way. Yes. And that's true. You know, what's funny is that you could do the most complex drapery job, two story high draperies with motorized shades and all this thing. And you're like, this is cool. This job's so cool. And the homeowner might come in and be like, oh, that's really nice. Okay. (laughs) How much do I owe you? And then we could do the simplest job for this customer and a little, you know, 1100 square foot house, and she lives alone. And you just put up like two shades in her bedroom, and she's like, Oh my god, oh, I love these! I could cry, and you're like,
0: Me too, I you could just cry. Don't too. Know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah. that's
1: you know, that's how people are, those you are know, the greatest moments. Yeah, but, you know, there's lots of people that you know. It's easy to look at like, oh this is a blinds business, this is a sauce business, but what you do is really more than that. It's a or
0: relationship not. everything's a relationship business. Yeah. Everything is you know, you're,
1: you're putting you're putting food on the table. People yeah. are enjoying people are enjoying a meal. You know, if somebody is in their home and they they can't enjoy the table because the sun's coming in all the time and yeah. you know, that helps them enjoy the space more because it's not so hot or they don't have a glare or they can open and close it easily. It, just makes a big difference. to them. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. So it's been seven years, like you said. Um, in 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 the next seven years, I mean, what's the what's the plan? I mean, where where do we go from here?
1: Well, you know, I don't know for sure. It just kind of depends on how things pan out. Um, you know, we might look to expand if, if any of our other franchisees in the area decide that they want to you know kind of move on or retire. Oh, you can gobble um, up more more territories. You can gobble up more territories. So that's always an option. Yep. Um, you know, I never rest on my laurels. I'm always kind of going going for something. Yep. Um, you know, hopefully we can can do that. If not, then I would possibly entertain there we have a parent company home franchise concepts and they have a lot of different Um, Home-based businesses within them kitchen tune-up bath tune-up, which is like fixing up your kitchen and bath without a full remodel Um, Things like that and so if we if we can't kind of you know move horizontally to taking over other territories um, Then we might you know look to add a different business into the mix and of expand that way.
0: I didn't even really ask this, but you mentioned like one time you were doing an install and your dad was working on it. I would imagine at some point you've had your husband Steve out there putting blinds no. up. No, no. never? uh uh-uh. Really? You've never been like, come on, we're going. We got to do this. No, no. Sometimes I tell him I'd love him to do a ride-along for That's a day. Hilarious. You got to get him out there. Uh, our,
1: our job is tiring. Like, you know, oh, even, yeah. Even consulting is tiring. Our books weigh like 20 pounds each. You know, you're in and out of the vehicle. If you've got five or six appointments in a day, yeah. like by the end of the day, you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then installs, you know, we'll, we'll mount. I do drapery. I'm still at every drapery install. Most installs I'm not at, but.
0: How um, many employees do you have? That's what I was getting around to. Um,
1: so we have, uh, we have a full-timer who um, started as a part-time installer and um, then... Uh, We promoted him to sales and installations and gave him full time. Nice. Um, And then we have a part time uh, employee who um, helps us with administrative tasks. We call her our uh, customer experience manager. (laughs) Nice, nice, great. (laughs) She is in charge of making sure people are getting all the information they need and setting up appointments and things like that. And then um, we have another part-time installer that works for us as well as um, the two other franchisees as well. Nice, nice. So that's kind of our crew right now.
0: What's the coolest gig you've done?
1: The coolest gig? Yeah. Oh, that's tough because we've got a few of them. You know, I, I'll tell you what. This one was kind of, you know, we've done some really tall jobs, like 18 feet in the air. We're hanging drapery that are motorized. That's pretty, pretty slick. Yeah. But I hit this is a this is the best one lately. So this gentleman calls me at the end of November. He's like, I am building for my my 16 year old daughter. I am building a music studio down in the basement. Cool. And he goes, I want it to look like a stage. He has a mural of of an audience on one wall. He's got, you know, all brick around the other walls. She plays guitar and drums. He bought her a new electronic drum set. That's amazing. It was like, like, balls out. The can best. I say that on a podcast? Yeah. This is the best. Oh, my God, he's the best dad <laughs> so he's ever. Like, he goes, I want like a velvet stage drape hanging on the wall where the audience is that's motorized. So when she's ready to play, she can hit the button and it opens up. And I'm like, this is so cool. That is so freaking <laughs> cool. And um, you know, we did it. And, and the thing was, is, and I need it by Christmas. Now this was the end of November. Oh yeah,
0: that's the end of November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do well, you get a lot of that? We need it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We did actually end up making it happen. Luckily, um, unfortunately, the first first pet fabric we picked, of course, was out of stock. But we had the vendor help us out, and we we made it happen. So um, that was that was. One of the coolest projects that we've ever done. Just that kind is, of different, you know. That is awesome, yeah. Different from the norm. And I'm like, man, what a cool dad. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: You ever get to go into, you ever get to call for any, like, uh, mansions? You ever get to go into people's mansions?
1: We go into some really nice homes. Yeah. I know. mean, it, it's it's so funny. We're, we're just in so many different homes. Because, I mean, that's one of our things, is that we, we have things for everybody. So, you know. You'll, I mean, I, I was in rental apartments down in the city the other day. Um, and then later on that day, I was probably in a $1.4, $1.5 million brand new build.
0: But like back to your point cool. earlier about, so maybe you do go to the $1.5 million house and you do a project and it's kind of cool. but And then at the end, they're like, oh, cool, thanks. But then you <laughs> you go to the apartment where like maybe they've been saving up for a year. Yeah. To To take care of those, to finally get blinds of that window that's been the sore spot. And by the time you do it, it yeah. just, it hits so hard for them. That's, I get that. I really get
1: that. Yeah, and I think that's why, like, in the beginning, I remember, you know, you get this really nice house, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is going to be really great. And I, I don't get overexcited now about any job. I kind of, you know, to me you know, all of them are going to get the same, you yeah, know, yeah. sort of respect and, um, application for me, you know, um, because, you know, you could go to that really big house and they may have, you know, five or six different people coming in, you know, you don't know, Yep. you know, so, and, and sometimes they'll beat you up on price more than, you know, I mm. have a lady in the city who calls me. You know, every six months or so, we do two windows at a time. She'll post-date the check, tell me not to deposit it until that date, and then place the order that date. And she's never argued with me about the price, ever. It's just, but, you know, it's important to her, you know. So, and for some people it's not, and that's okay. (laughs) Where do
0: you stand on arguing with or negotiating price what are your thoughts on it i can tell, i can see your facial yeah, expression yeah. i feel you know, the same well, thing. It's the kind
1: of thing it's like not the name your price tool
0: right it's you
1: know again you know that's where you, sometimes you you start to feel that pressure to cave um we don't often negotiate our prices we typically we and maybe I should start higher, but I don't. I kind of, we sort of have a pricing strategy laid out um, based on the size of the job. You know, mm-hmm. you can get, you know, the more blinds you buy, you can save more, um, things like that. We have promotional pricing that we get from vendors that we apply. Um, and we kind of give them that price, you know. It's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily feel like just because, you know, the guy at 102 asked, the person that lives at 100 shouldn't get the same price that he did if they're getting the same exact product and service. Mm-hmm. So um, so we don't often, um, sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll adjust a little bit, um, you know, depending on what we have in the coffers for the project. But, you know, it's that's another thing that's important. I think you had mentioned this before, too, in one of your prior podcasts. It, if, if we're not making money, then we're not going to be there to service anybody. We're not going to be. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We're not going to be there to service anybody and my employees aren't going to have jobs and you know that's yeah. the thing. You know. So it, it's you know what we offer is incredible service and incredible products and not everybody offers that. Mhm. And not everybody not everybody cares about that and that's okay too. You know, so it, that just comes from experience, though, I think, and your confidence and knowing what your worth is.
0: Um, I think so, too. I think uh, you, like we said before, you at the beginning, you you do kind of say yes to everything. Yeah. You you know what? You almost like you fall in love with a job mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, I really want that job. Oh, my God. What? The, and then they hit you for some price and you're like, oh, but I really want this job. Yeah. Uh, and then later you kind of get to the point where you go, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I yeah. I feel the same but it way. It takes
1: time, you know. It's, it's just understanding it your time. own worth. And I think it's hard to as a business owner if you're doing a lot of the work in the beginning yourself and you need to remember that your time is worth money. Like you have to yeah. assume yourself the same way you would paying an employee for time and that that's easy to lose track of do you ever beginning.
0: in the early days Did you ever do the calculation on what you made that week and realize you made oh, it like it was terrible like, like three dollars an hour
1: <laughs> i made more when i was in bulk foods <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yep oh yeah yep for sure you know and still i mean i do i i work a lot because i you know because i'm just never satisfied i'm always trying to grow and yeah you know, do more, you know. And it's the way and be. Get out there. So Yeah, that's what you that's gotta kind do. Of, kind of the tough thing.
0: So So well so what did we miss? What did I forget to ask? I don't know. What did no? you forget to ask? I don't know. <laughs> was, 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 anything you wanted to talk about that I didn't
1: um
0: It doesn't have to be about budget blind. It could be oh, about yeah. anything.
1: Well, you know, one of the things because you know, I mentioned that, you know, we do these these talks with franchisees that are coming in. And I've done those a few times, and sometimes they'll always ask me. And this is always a big one, I think, if people are interested in being an entrepreneur, is what um, what surprised what surprised you? Like, what surprised you when you started this business? I'll ask you a question. Boy, that's a <laughs> great question. What surprised <laughs> like, what me? What surprised you when you started this? What was kind of your biggest thing that you were like, oh, I didn't know I, you know. I didn't I didn't see this part
0: coming. Um I would say for me with this specific business it was the how many layers there are to the supply chain and you know like I kind of had some misconceptions about where was the money along the line of the supply chain and it just okay. kind of turned everyone's just kind of hitting it yep. along the way from you know from the farm all the way up to the retailer like everyone's hitting it mm-hmm. and for the most part at a fair, a pretty fair percentage. And I think I had a a misconception prior that it was all being tied up in one particular place. So I think maybe just how many layers to the supply chain there really are and how just the chain, the actual chain, I mean, that's a a word for a reason. Because how just, and we saw it in COVID, right? Right. How just like one link from that chain Getting disconnected and it's done you're (laughs) just done right
1: there's no jars there's no sauce yeah right
0: like exactly (laughs) you know and and then how that just goes from like the grocery store does not have it on the shelf and the customer complains so the grocery store blames the distributor the distributor blames the manufacturer the manufacturer (laughs) blames the vendor of the raw material that didn't show up that that vendor blames the farmer you know what i mean like it just how many layers there are and how much just one problem just crushes the whole thing that was my how about you
1: well for me um i think the biggest thing for me which you probably had figured out from the beginning because you came from being a personality (laughs) and telling the business what would be and that's kind of what i'm focused on this year is is that people are really buying they're not buying your. You know, from your business, they're right. not buying from your brand; they're buying you. Right. And so, I think the big learning for me over the years has been, especially in a social environment world, where all of our marketing is that way. You know, word of mouth is that way. Is that how you have to really brand yourself? You have to put mm-hmm. yourself out there. Like I was never on social media; I was never a part of any of that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of that realization that you know, I really can't be anonymous. I have to. I have to be out there. I have to be out there at events. I have to be out there in the community. You have to go to everything. I have to like post stuff and you know, share stuff, you know, personal so that people know, you know, who the person is behind behind the business. The
0: best salespeople aren't really selling. Mm -hmm. They are building relationships. And then when the person when that person needs the thing that you happen to be selling, they're gonna think of you, right? Right. Like who do you think I'm gonna call when my wife goes you know i think we need blinds for
1: this well you better call me right like what
0: but right but like but you've never come to me and said hey can i talk to you about blinds right (laughs) Right. like that's exactly that's that because that that's a turnoff but the 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 relationship but but you're so right and it was something that i was accidentally good at i was accidentally good at just going everywhere talking to everybody and never really trying to sell anyone anything right you know
1: and that's how we are when we're in the home we're not like that i've never been like that like yeah i I've sat through some sales seminars and things like that. I hate that stuff. I just can't, you know, I kind of just walk away from it. Maybe I shouldn't, but, you know, I do. Because to me, I'm there to solve a problem. And if I solve the problem appropriately. Yes. Then, then we're good. We're yes. Gonna have a good time and gonna you make ever, a new friend. Yeah, Jessica, have you ever
0: done I, I actually, I love that feeling. I've had that happen a handful of times where I'm sitting across from someone who's expecting me to sell them. They're mm-hmm. expecting me to be like, well, let me show you our line of, you know, here's the eight sauces and you can, blah, blah, blah. but in reality, I, I, I'd never do it. And they're just like, all right, go ahead. And I'm like, why? Well, I, I don't have anything to go ahead with. Just, you know, what's keeping you up at night? And if it's something I can help you with, I will. And if it's not, I, I'm yeah. sorry. You yeah. know, maybe I'll point you in the right direction. Yeah. And, and, but you said problem solving. That's what yeah. it is, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's just kind of, you know, realizing that I have to you know, kind of be out there out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's that tiring. was kind of a surprise for me because I didn't, I, I just didn't know about that, you know. And, of course, the, the world was a little bit different then. I mean, we used to just throw an ad and fail Pack and, yeah, that's you true. know, let it ride. Yeah. But, you know, now you, you really need, to, you know, people, they want to know who you are. And that's that's kind of a big thing. Yep. Um, yep. For sure.
0: Yep. And it's exhausting, honestly. It is exhausting, <laughs> you know. Are you a uh, naturally extroverted or...
1: Well, I I am in some ways, but not in others, I guess, you know, so I've never had a problem with like, you know, public speaking or, you know, things like that. But I think my private time, I like more private, I guess it's kind of, you know, so like my, my circle of friends is relatively small. I'm not one of those people who kind of walks into every restaurant and knows somebody. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. whereas my what, what's great is is uh tim our our full-timer who you know he started his installs he's great at, at sales because um he knows everybody we joke i mean he goes into every job he'll come back and like you won't believe this but i know that you know yeah he, he he just knows everybody that's great he knows everybody in town it's it's hysterical but that's great you know that that makes him good because he builds those relationships with people that's and, the key you know that's yeah. the key so we've been team that way
0: what else Jesse? what what else
1: what do we miss? I don't know. Anything? Did we miss we get, No,
0: I don't think so. I, I don't have know. A
1: story about sauce. It was I wrote down the word sauce. You got a sauce story? I have a yeah. sauce story. Oh, hit me. Let's we'll do it. Let's Circle back to. You mentioned that all Italians think they make the best sauce. Yes. Talk about. So Steve's dad. Yeah. Always made sauce. Yeah, the best sauce.
0: The best sauce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was
1: actually really good. I liked his sauce. Yeah. Right? Everybody likes. They're sauce all good, different, right? Yeah, they're yeah. all good. Yeah, they're, they're all just, good. They're all going to be good for the right person. Yeah. So. He would make sauce, and he'd have us over for dinner, and it was his way to get us over there for dinner. We, we couldn't, like, get sauce without going over there for dinner. Yeah. You know, when you're young and busy with the kids, it's hard. So I would ask him from time to time, I'd be like, well, you know, can you teach me how to make the sauce? And he would always kind of get a little dicey about that. Oh, and at secret. first I was like, well, he, it's his way of getting us over there. So he figures if yeah. I teach her how to make it, she'll make it herself. And then they won't come over enough, right? Yeah. So then as time goes on, they were getting ready. They were going to be moving soon because they, they had moved out, out west for a while. And we, I'm like, before you leave, you have to teach me how to make the sauce. And he got all very dicey on me. And I'm like, what is going on? Well, it turns out that somewhere along the way, one of the times he had us over for sauce, he really didn't have time to make sauce completely from scratch like he usually did. So he bought some, ja- some jarred sauce, uh-huh. some meat jarred sauce, doctored it up. Um, he, you know, added the spices. I think he still did like the meatballs and stuff, yeah. which helps flavors it and whatever. But in essence, basically we were eating jarred sauce with homemade meatballs yeah, and yeah. some, some tomato paste. I think and people seasoned. do that all the time. Right. I think people do it all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. And so, but he didn't always do it that way. And in fact, he said that the one night we were there for dinner, when he had done it that way, we did actually notice it was a little different, but it was still really, really good. It wasn't like distinctly different. Yeah. Um, and so that's why he got dicey because from that point on, he just started making it that way. Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> I love that so, that so was much. The sauce. I love that. I, <laughs> little I don't, Italian seasoning, some meatballs. Yes, little, I don't mean to go tip for tap paste. with the story, but
0: my grandfather one time, uh, I went over on Fourth of July when we had like thirty cousins in from Chicago, and uh, I said, I'll "Come over and help you make sauce." And he had three number ten cans of Hunt's sauce, and he used like three quarters hunts and one quarter his stuff to like build it build up Build it up, yeah. yeah yeah and then he like cleaned it out got put it in a garbage can and put it in the back of the oh, of yeah. the garage so no one would see it yeah. and i always said that and then of course of course you know all my my aunts and uncles and cousins from chicago they always see him once every time oh uncle oh, pete this so good. your sauce is so good <laughs> <laughs> and he just kept giving me the eyeball don't say it don't tell anybody <laughs> <Tell Yep. me. laughs> hey what they
1: don't know won't hurt them <laughs> it's true it's true that's a great story love's in it, then it doesn't matter that's right well thank
0: you for coming out here this is thank cool thank
1: you thank you for having me
0: coming out jessica myers returns home that's what the name <laughs> of the episode should be It's a return home you got any landmarks you got to go see before you go back to where you live now what town
1: now we live in spencerport
0: spencer oh okay yeah, right so around the corner far. oh okay yeah, all right far.
1: we're back to the west side now we okay were webster Back to the west side. Back to
0: the west side. I like it. little land. Yep. Uh, Well, I'll I'll ask you off the air about, like, exactly where you live uh, because my my partner lives in Spencerport, too. Beautiful, beautiful homes in Spencerport. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Great little town. Yeah. I like Spencerport a lot. I'm not originally from Rochester, so when I did move here, you know, I heard east side, west side, all that crap, Mm -hmm. and I would go to the west side, go to, like, Spencerport, and I'd be like, this is fantastic. Yeah the hell yeah. are people talking about? Yeah. This is way nice. This is, want everybody I know, know, I know that's the big secret. <laughs> that's the big secret. You know how we, when I go to Florida, I've got an aunt in Florida and uh and I say isn't it so hot in, in the in the summer? And she goes, That's what we want people to, to think. It is hot, but we like our summers cuz n- nobody comes here. Yeah. The winter yeah. everybody comes to Florida. In the summer everybody stays the f away. Yeah. And we like that. My so we just come, likes it too. He Yeah.
1: Likes it because they are year-round. He likes that yeah. it, like it's when everybody goes away in the yeah. summer. <laughs> so and they like
0: that. They like that myth that oh, it's so hot. It's unbearably <laughs> hot. We got air conditioning. We're fine. Yeah. All right. Anyway, thank you for All coming. Right. Thank you. <laughs>